Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe, I believe we are live. We are. <laughs> What's up, everybody? August fifteenth edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro, your host, my co-host, as always, the infamous, the incomparable Sean Ross Sapp. Give him a follow online at Sean Ross Sapp on all his social media. You'll get pictures of kittens, and cats, and and craziness. And his wife. We, we, we have three going, to give away. Those of you in our in our area, three. And you, yeah, I was wondering what the wife was. Was it back to school picture you posted of her? Yeah, it's the yesterday was the first day of her uh, semester. Yeah, she's going back to school to be a special education teacher. Good for her. Oh, you know what? She has the the personality to do that. Yeah. When I met her at the Rogers Center, holy smokes, was she just like almost like angelic? Just so kind, so nice. Nothing affects her. So good well, for her. That- she she lives with me. How could anything affect her? Well, to live with you, she's got to have patience. So she's got patience with you. She'll probably have it with uh, with the little one. So good yeah. for her. Congratulations to her. Hope she does very, very well uh, in this semester. Uh, guys, lots to talk about today. Uh, by the way, uh, follow me on social media as well. Uh, all you have to do is just click Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Showdown Joe. Same thing for Sean Ross Sapp. Give us a follow at Fightful MMA uh, and at Fightful Online. We're also on Instagram. Give us a follow on there. Uh, Sean and whomever runs that account now will be posting some crazy stuff as we get closer to the biggest combat sports fight of all time. Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. We'll be talking about that momentarily. Um, the Pauli Malinagi, Malinagi, depends on what part of the earth you're from and how you pronounce that the gift that keeps on giving uh sean will probably rip into that momentarily because i know what his thoughts are on the world tour media tour that paulie is doing we'll get to that matt hughes uh has improved his condition has improved we'll get to that we'll hear from frank trigg uh giving his thoughts uh on the big fight Uh, i spoke to frank uh, yesterday about some stuff Frank Mir apparently signing with Bellator, or it's going to be uh, announced shortly. That's going to be cool. Tito Ortiz coming back. Do you like it? Do you not like it, guys, on the live chat? Let us know. Give us your thoughts when we get to that topic. Uh, Daniel Cormier 
John Jones. They're speaking out. And a little tweet by uh, somebody regarding George St. Pierre that he must defend the title if he emerges victorious versus Michael Bissing. We will get to that as well because I say nay. Most people say yay. I say nay. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, I'm sure. But right now, Sean Rossap, not sure where you want to go with this, but Paulie, Molly, just the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. I knew this guy previously as a casual boxing fan before I started Fightful.com as the guy who got his hair cut during the Ricky Hatton fight. That's how I knew him. The guy with the crazy hair who got his hair cut during the, the Ricky Hatton fight. Uh, Roy Soria says, the video is awful. It's all a ploy to set up Conor McGregor's next boxing fight. No, that ain't the case. I can confirm that, although it may set up Conor McGregor's next boxing fight. Let's all take a look at it. I'm going to give you all a look. This is the video that everybody's been talking about. Get him out. Get him out. Oh, stop. Stop right there. Conor McGregor on the right, obviously. Referee Joe Cortez. What a shot. Now, Joe, you have seen the footage... First off, let's go from the backwards. We're going to Tarantino this. We're going to go from the backwards and go on. Was that a knockdown? Was it a push? I believe it was a knockdown. I believe it was a knockdown based on that footage there. Although I will say one thing. Um, oh, Actually, we'll get into that in a bit because it is a bit of a gong show what's happening here. But based on that footage right there, that situation right there, it looks much more of a knockdown than a trip or a push uh, or a slip. So... Uh, yeah, uh, nothing wrong with that. I Listen, for, for all we know, the whole sparring session could have been dominant by Pauly. We don't know that, but based on that footage there, based on that scenario there, that's what I would like to judge. That's what I would look, look at uh, and determine an opinion. Uh, I, I don't know what happened for the rest of 10 rounds. I, I've heard people that were there uh, that said that it was a complete domination by Conor McGregor every time they sparred. I personally find that hard to believe, although I do look at Malinagi and the way he looks, the way in his shape, he was still wasn't in even sparring shape. So And McGregor, meanwhile, is in tip-top shape. So uh, I could see that happening, but to me, that was a knockdown. Uh, I understand Paulie and his people are, are, are saying otherwise. Uh, d- do I think this is all shady, Sean, with what's happening? A little bit, but your take. Yeah, I don't want to be the guy that seems like he's siding with the, the MMA world because I cover MMA so extensively, but Paulie's not made it easy to take up for him. Like saying things like, oh, they basically put me in a crack house. Come on now. We know better than that. We all know better than that. Saying that, oh, I didn't get paid. Well, if you didn't, it may be because you violated that NDA that you signed. Um, that's like Joe Cortez couldn't do any interviews about that video because of his NDA, and he had done some interviews before. And I think that, from what I understand, they were like, uh, "Joe, you can't do that." They are familiarizing Joe, especially Conor McGregor, with the rule set because in that first clip, some of those strikes were illegal—the rabbit punches to the back of the head. Also, you got to remember under these rules, Conor can't measure. He can't measure his opponent. Like, like that's, that's part of the rule set. He can't do that here. Uh, that's something that he had. He's not able to tie up the hand of, of Floyd Mayweather like he's, he's been able to do with some MMA opponents. There are a lot of things that, that I... Like, those 30 seconds or so opened up a lot. Like, the technique, questionable at best. But, Polly Malinagi going out there and saying that Conor McGregor doesn't have oh-my-God power... 
That doesn't seem to be the case after, like, I was more impressed with that straight shot that snapped Polly's head back than I was any knockdown slash possible push. It wasn't just the pops of the punches that were landed. It was a bit of a thud. If you hear some of the thuds, if you guys can watch that video again and listen to the actual audio, those are thuds. Those are hard punches that are landing, and they're not full power. Um, so, I mean, it, it remains to be seen. I don't know if I've, if I've convinced myself, Sean, and everyone tuning in right now, if, if I'm expecting Conor McGregor to have brand new boxing technique that's going to impress me, I think we're just going to see a variation of what we're used to seeing when he competes in mixed martial arts because he's going to try and bring, in my opinion, I think he's going to try and bring his version of what boxing technique would look like from a mixed martial arts and the whole... You know, he always talks about the fluidity of the animal world and stuff like that. And I mean, people are laughing at his things that he's doing with his arms and stuff like that. That's Conor McGregor, man. That's what he's going to bring to the table. That's what he's going to bring to the ring uh, next Saturday night. So nothing, none of that's going to annoy me. He's, none he's of it's not going afraid to surprise to look dumb. me. He's not afraid to look dumb. He hired a guy basically to make him look dumb in Ido Portal. Like, I mean, as Nate Diaz said, he's playing touch butt in the park with some dork. Like... <laughs> he didn't care. He really didn't care. Uh, as for Pauly, that's a fight setup right there. You think Pauly's not going to take that fight? Of course he would. You know, there's a lot of things like people saying, well, Pauly's a retired fighter. Yeah, he retired about three months ago. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather's been retired for two years. It's like, what, what does that have to do with anything? Pauly's saying, oh, I was out of shape. Well, whose fault is that? You had Conor McGregor telling you three weeks ago you're going to have to answer to this stuff that you're saying. Like, you knew it was coming. You knew it was up. Uh, my thing always was, like, he should have known. Uh, well, I don't want to say he should have known what he was getting himself into. He should have known he was getting himself into a circus. 100%. I mean, that's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You should know that if you're going to nominate yourself, volunteer yourself, or accept an invitation to that type of situation, considering, um, you know, it, it's it's... You're, you're basically walking into darkness. You don't know Conor McGregor. It's not like you can go with someone else in the boxing world and say, you know what, I'm going to help this guy fight for a world title. You're helping a mixed martial artist who's obviously brash, uh, who's got massive bravado, who's super confident in what he does, but you don't know much more than that. You, you, just understanding that, hey, man, this is a different cat. This is a different ball game altogether. You should have known that. Maybe he did know that and said, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll gamble. I'll roll the dice here. Let's see if for 7 or 11 comes up. Sorry, I was listening to NWA today. Sorry, my bad. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where we'll see what happens. Above all, it, it, to discuss this is fun. I'm not going to lie to you, Sean. I think it's actually hilarious because it is continually to be this gift that keeps on giving. But at the same time, how much of it matters come next Saturday night? Next Saturday night, maybe little to none, unless, I mean, you're listening to Polly Malinagi's analysis, which the irony is, I think he's one of the best in the business at that, but I wonder how, how impartial he could be. Here's the thing, I really feel like Conor McGregor versus Polly in a boxing match now, win, lose, or draw next Saturday, does over a million, at the very least. It. At the very I least. I believe it. So and, and McGregor has indicated that he wants to compete in both moving forward. I like Conor McGregor doing this. I like I, I like a lot about it because he's changing the game. He's changing the entire game and he's changing the pay scale. Now, do I want MMA to turn into boxing with mandatory challengers and stuff like that and people getting stripped and six different titles and Weight classes every few pounds. No, I do not. But 
if it takes Conor McGregor moving over into boxing to increase the pay scale um, and, and change the game, I'm all for that. I love it. I I, I want that. Now there there's a lot to this uh, more to this Polly Connor thing. Uh, Con, you know, Polly's like release the whole tapes, release the whole tapes. <laughs> After he told a story that looked nothing like, like, and he there's no way he got any sleep on was it Friday or Saturday night? There's Friday night, I think it was. He was up tweeting people like explaining like, well, I put my right foot in and I put my left foot out, and then I, when I was shaking it all about, Connor pushed me. <laughs> Like, as all of a sudden, is Conor McGregor some Tai Chi master, Joe? Because from what I've seen of Conor McGregor, he can't... Conor McGregor doesn't have that kind of game, y'all. He just isn't... He's not the kind of guy that's able to hold your head down and just trip you. Even Polly Malinagi, I don't think. It, It was supposedly late, I don't know, late in the sparring session. It's hard for me to believe... Polly after all this stuff but as I mentioned last week I believe that he feels that it is his truth it is his version of the truth I don't know that he is outwardly lying or intentionally lying I don't think that's the case at all I think as was said maybe he was a little concussed I believe it. I believe a lot of things. I mean, um, earlier up in the chat, uh, I think it was Roy Soria mentioned that would you know don't forget about the jet lag. Don't forget about this. There, there's a lot of things that could go into the fact that you know Paulie may potentially for 10, 12 rounds got beat up by Conor McGregor. There's different things, but again, everyone has their own version of the truth. Believe me, I've, I'm, I'm part of situations with my with with family and friends where. Uh, no, that's not what happened. Uh, this is what happened, but they are firm in, on what they believe is the truth. And I'm like, all right, whatever. That happens in life. That happens with any type of situation. Uh, but in this terms here, um, you know, e- even if we were to see a Pauly versus Connor fight, which I don't, I don't think we will, Sean, to be honest with you, because if anything is going to happen, um, you know, depending on this fight here, I mean, there was a question up there on the chat. I think it was from Ole Samuele. He says, what would make people more upset, an early KO or a 12-round decision? Um, an early KO I don't think would upset anybody, uh, maybe a few. Uh, a, a long, boring decision would upset a lot of people, especially Mayweather, who's basically said he cannot go to a decision. It would be very disappointing if he went to a decision with Conor McGregor. Um, a lot of people that I've spoken to says this one doesn't make the half point, doesn't make it halfway. Uh, someone's getting knocked out, more or less it's going to be Conor McGregor with the referee likely stepping in with the TKO uh, or stop the fight. Uh, and I've heard some people say, you watch, this, he's going to drop Mayweather, he's going to hurt Mayweather within the second or third round, and then it's over, because Conor's so good, uh, and his speed will be on point, and his, his understanding of range and decision making will be incredible with a guy that's, you know, obviously aged a bit. I'm like, I don't know, man. Floyd Mayweather's a bad dude. I don't care how old he is. He's still one of the greatest of his he's the greatest of his generation. So we'll see what happens. There's just so much intrigue and so many yeah. questions I have for this fight. I cannot wait for it to go down. And I'm not overly I'm trying to think. You tell me, uh, Sean and everybody in the live chat, uh, what will surprise you? Because nothing will surprise me. Floyd Mayweather knocks him out early, won't be a surprise. If McGregor knocks him out, I won't be overly surprised because he's got power. He's yeah. got tons of power. If it goes to a boring decision for twelve rounds, well that's so we see from Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor if he doesn't hit him for 12 rounds. Wouldn't surprise me because Mayweather is such a fantastic bobbing and weaving and defensive boxer. I'm trying to think what would – if there's a disqualification oh, on yeah. Conor McGregor's side, that won't surprise me. Because, But it, it, it should because there's a clause in the contract saying, dude, you will get sued. Mayweather can sue you if you do something stupid, throw a kick, throw an elbow, uh, continue with dirty stuff. Um 
if there's an all-out brawl with both parties after between sometime during the fight. That won't surprise me. I'm not sure what will surprise me here. I'm just waiting. We're going to have popcorn, and we'll see what's up. You tell me, Sean. So usually I, I start to do my film study and stuff on a Monday afternoon because Mondays are surprisingly quiet at Fightful.com. We have Monday Night Raw and all that stuff. I got to do it Friday this week because we have TakeOver, SummerSlam. We have a bunch of wrestling this weekend. But here, And I love breaking these down the week of the fights, but man, it's, it's going to be tough because... Everything changes because of Conor McGregor's lack of experience. And his lack of experience, I can't take the stuff he does in the MMA cage and apply it. Like, how many times have we seen people say, Oh, those MMA fighters, they have terrible striking. Okay, well, let me know how your striking translates when you come over to MMA and you gotta adapt like a Robert Whitaker and keep one hand down to avoid those underhooks or else you're gonna end up flat on your ass. I can't look at really anything that Conor McGregor has in MMA outside of that straight left and say, okay, that'll translate. I, I've got a few seconds of Pauly Malinagi sparring footage and some bag work that may very well be trolling on Conor oh, yeah. Conor's behalf. Oh, yeah. Big time. Okay. I believe and so. I've got 49 fights of Floyd Mayweather's to look at. And we know Floyd Mayweather. He is a defensive genius. He goes to the right when he's on the ropes, and he leaves his body open. That's really, really it as far as weaknesses go. But what will happen if a guy goes in just crazy aggressive? We don't know. Everybody's tried to play. It, it's, it's, it's one of those questions. Uh, as Ole Samuele asks, how's Connor's cardio? Well, you can't really compare that to MMA either because you don't get a break every three minutes in MMA. It's... The thing is, though, when people, you know, I, I, the analogy of an MMA, sorry, a boxing fan criticizing an MMA fighter striking is akin to, you know, three sports, ice hockey, ball hockey, and field hockey. You can't criticize how somebody shoots a ball or a puck on those three different sports because one's on ice, one's on a field, one's on a court. They're technically the same sport, but they're not. And it's the same thing with box- in MMA, there's a different striking stance at minimum. Because you got to defend takedowns, you got to watch out for kicks. In boxing, you have none of that stuff to worry about. You just got to be, you got to keep your elbows in, protect your chin, chin down. You know, make sure you're looking through. It's a completely different skill set. So when a, when a boxing fan or a Muay Thai fan or whatever criticizes a mixed martial artist for the way they're striking, there's different attributes and intangibles that they have to worry about. So I never listen to that argument, Sean. I don't buy it. Wait till we have to wait till Saturday to see what Conor McGregor brings. And again, I won't be surprised because I think he'll look funny if he only tries to box. I think he has to be someone, something that Floyd has never seen, and I don't think yes. Floyd has seen this. Uh, Floyd has seen any and everything that that the boxing world could generate uh, from a human being, another man standing in front of him, but they've never seen someone from the MMA side come over and do this from a self-pop perspective. So I'm excited. I'm excited. So, my heart will be with Conor McGregor. My head will definitely be with Floyd. I have a bit of a plug and a cheap and a, and a somewhat comparison to this. I did a feature on the Brawl for All, which I did a, a revisited version. It's up on Fightful.com. Do you know what that was, Joe? A Brawl for All? The Brawl for All was WWF's attempt to answer the UFC in 1998. Almost like a tough man. Yeah, I remember that. It was basically a tough man. and You had takedowns and punches. And they put a bunch of people in it. And a lot of guys got hurt and got concussions. And 
Nobody really benefited from it. The winner was Bart Gunn. Bart Gunn. I remember that. Who Bart had Gunn, yeah. a sick left hand. Just a sick left hand. And really, nobody looked that good in it. Dan Severn looked good in it. Steve Blackman looked good in it, and they dropped out. Ken Shamrock told me he didn't want to do it because he wanted the trust of the guys he was actually working with in the ring. So, Bart Gunn goes through all this. And his reward, quote-unquote, was facing Butterbean at WrestleMania. <laughs> yep. Butterbean, a, although looks like a comic book character, was a legit real boxer eventually became a legit real MMA fighter. Now he makes razors out of like ivory and stuff. It's pretty, that's <laughs> what he does. And Bart Gunn got knocked out promptly. Now, is Bart Gunn anywhere near the fighter that Conor McGregor is? No, he is not. Is Butterbean anywhere near the boxer that Floyd Mayweather is? No. Uh, are there skill sets? Maybe perhaps similar in disparity as it pertains to boxing? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. But um, I was told by so many different people, like everybody I asked, they're like, Bart Gunn's problem was he tried to become a boxer in a few months. He tried really hard to become a boxer in a few months, and he went in there and tried to box with Butterbean, and you can't box with him when you haven't been doing it that long. They said he didn't have a good chance to win, but the chance that he had was that left hook landing on on a flyer. We don't know if that may be the case with Conor McGregor because we don't know anything. We don't know anything about his bot. You know, we got a counterpuncher against a defender. Who knows how that'll be? Maybe Conor won't be a counterpuncher in this. Maybe Floyd won't be defensive in this. Maybe they're going to have a lot of pride. I don't know. I don't know. That That's... Um, I, I don't think Connor will be defensive. I don't think he, he potentially respects the power that Floyd Mayweather can generate until he gets tagged numerous times and realizes, uh-oh, we may have a problem here. So until then, I think Connor is going to go in there and do whatever he can to finish Floyd Mayweather because we have to look at, at, at this from a, from a variety of perspectives. If Connor McGregor walks in there and destroys Floyd Mayweather, knocks him out, this guy will go down as as something that can never be compared to in history because we will never ever see this potentially in our lifetimes again. This guy here will have will be the king of the combat sports world bigger than you can possibly imagine. The only reason why Muhammad Ali might be bigger uh, is because during Muhammad Ali's heyday, there was so much political stuff going on with the draft, with him going to jail, with or, or, or sorry, with him. Uh, um, not, not not going over to fight in Vietnam uh, and stuff like that. So there was so much political warfare, political stuff going on. That's what made Muhammad Ali the legend that he is today. But when it comes to combat sports, Conor McGregor walking in to this ring next Saturday night and destroying Floyd Mayweather would just do – and it would do crazy things for the world of mixed martial arts uh, and the UFC in general. Um, I don't think you and I or many people are expecting him to do that. I think there's a chance. But I think Conor McGregor realizes that if he can do this, holy Jesus, holy smokes, what his life would become. Yeah, oh yeah. And you know, he. I, I don't know if you saw the interview he did with Hawani. This, no. this isn't lost on him. Like, it's, it's, like he's got his kid with him throughout this whole process. And he's like, one day I'm going to be able to show him this and tell him this story. And he's like, he'll never have to work a day if he wants to, but he's going to. Like, I was on welfare five years ago, is what McGregor said, 
He was like, and even though my kid's not going to have to work, he's going to learn the value of hard work. And uh, that's something that hasn't, I don't think, has been lost on McGregor. And that, that's an interesting, that's an interesting aspect to look at as well. Also, a big chance for boxing here, Joe, because we're we're seeing one of the biggest fights ever. And unfortunately for boxing, over the last few weeks, they've been hit hard, man. Like they don't know if they're going to be able to schedule Horn versus Pacquiao too uh, anytime soon because of Pacquiao's schedule. That was a real hot fight. Uh, they lost Klitschko Joshua too because Klitschko retired. Uh, they lost any possibility of Fury versus Klitschko too because Fury and Klitschko retired. Uh, you got Timothy Bradley retiring. You got a lot of guys. Um, Mark stop, can, can, I, can, I, can I stop you for one second? Yeah. Klitschko, Klitschko retiring because of the Joshua fight because he lost the Joshua fight and said, I can't do it anymore? Or just he said, that's it? I can't beat this guy? Like, What, what did he retire for? Just that's it? J- just called it quits, yeah. Okay. And right. uh, Marquez, who hasn't fought in a while, but he's gone too. A couple of great Japanese fighters, aging Japanese fighters, but they're they're gone as well. But this prelim card, this is a real good chance for a couple of these guys. Like there's, they they got Javante Davis versus Fonseca, Cleverly versus Jack. That's a good opportunity for two guys. Uh, there's a light heavyweight title fight and a I think a junior lightweight title fight on that show. That's a good opportunity for a couple of guys to make a good impression. And ultimately, you got to worry about your purse. You got to worry about your wins and losses. But if if one of them wins in an exciting, fantastic fashion, imagine if Javante Davis goes out and knocks out Fonseca early, and and he does that. He he's got 17 KOs in his 18 fights. There's going to be a lot of happy fans that are that are fans of Javante Davis now because they don't have to wait to watch this main event any longer. Yeah, I mean, good, good opportunities. Also, Sean Porter on the on the the Fox prelims. It's a good good opportunity, I think. And I'm going to miss half of this because I'm at a wedding. Uh, but I will be home probably for the co-main event. Uh, all fat. All fat with all kinds of Italian food in me. So it should be fun. Just I, I want to take just some, some uh, take a look here at the live chat because um, Ole Samuele is saying what's sad is all this hype should be about Triple G and Canelo. No one is saying that hype shouldn't be focused on that boxing boat. But we have to, as fans in my opinion, whether you're a boxing fan, whether you're an MMA fan, whether you're a combat sports fan, we have to remove those hats of Canelo and Triple G is a much better boxing boat. This fight with McGregor and Mayweather is massive. It's huge. It is uh, something where you will tell your, 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 your kids, your grandkids, whomever, you will tell your friends 20 years from now, I was here when this fight took place. I watched it here. It, it, it's a much bigger fight it is yes a spectacle it is not a something that you would say you know what this is going to affect the rankings uh it's just a bigger much bigger deal than canelo versus triple g despite the fact that i think that fight sold out if i'm not mistaken so it it is one of those things where yeah canelo triple g is a fantastic fight but it's not as big as mcgregor mayweather as much as we can look at it and laugh at this fight and say oh my god what a joke this is a circus listen people want to see it and people want to see it means there's money to be made and just follow the money trail because this is what it's all about. Um, in, in terms of some of the other stuff there, 
Roy Soria makes a good point. Something to play off of what you said, Sean. About you know, Sean, you know, McGregor is a visionary. He's big into the law of attraction. It's not just the law of attraction that Conor McGregor is, because if anyone has ever followed the law of attraction and the secret, it, all that really is, is 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 a mental state and focusing on what you want out of life and attracting it to you. The bottom line is, is you have to take action and you have to work to get what you want. If you remain focused on one goal and you work diligently on that one goal, there's probably a 99% chance you are going to achieve that goal. But if you just think about it and dream about it and then tomorrow go do something else, if I want to if I want to play on the PGA Tour, Sean Rossap, I've got to golf every single day. I've got to take lessons. I've got to, but if every single day or every night I go to sleep thinking I would love to get my PGA card, I would love to golf, but then tomorrow morning I wake up and I am fishing for 8 hours of the day, I ain't getting a PGA card. So yeah. the whole law of attraction, the secret, Conor McGregor, what he's understood from a very young age, and he's still a young buck, was not just to visualize it, not just to believe it, but to create a plan and to figure it out. And Conor McGregor, even if you watch some of his early interviews when he was with Cage Warriors, he didn't give a rat's ass. He just said it, called it, and he continued to do it, but he would work for it and he would focus on it. Yeah, he had dreams of being big. I mean, he's getting Versace robes sent to him. I mean, good for him. I'm Designed proud specifically of- for him. Yeah, I, you know what? And I'm, I've, I've give credit where credit is due, because uh, I know what it's like to come from nothing and to build something and to have to make to get success out of it and to make money from it. But it was all hard work. While everyone is saying you're an overnight success, and you know many people might say that Conor McGregor, uh, come August 27th, no matter what happens, is an overnight success. This dude put in more work than anybody in the UFC, short of Chael Sonnen and Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell, and George St. Pierre. But he got it on a different level. It took it to a different level this guy worked his ass off just look at even ronda rousey putting in the press time before the last two or three fights the amount of press she would do and having to incorporate it with her training and stuff like that so i I could never fault these people for working so hard and then getting paid you you work hard you get paid i i would completely agree and if you change the game and you you do it in the manner you got a lot of conor mcgregor copycats out there right now you had a lot of Floyd Mayweather copycats out there now. There's only one of each. You actually spoke to Frank Trigg about this whole situation. So let's take a look at that. All right, joined once again by the infamous one. I don't know if you guys can recognize him right now. That is Frank Trigg, ladies and gentlemen, without the beard. I didn't even recognize him. Frank, what's going on? Oh, another another uh, another normal day. Just just hairless. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. look younger. You look so much younger now. Actually, you don't look younger. You look, I guess, just flat out different. Yeah, it's it's funny how much the beard actually changes your full on appearance. Like it's it's a completely different look. And I've been uh, and yeah, I wasn't saying you look younger. I look like ten years younger without the beard. But you know, it, it is. And like a lot of people are like, oh, let's just keep it that way because I get a lot of work with the beard, but I also get a lot of work without the beard. It just depends on on what happens. So like, I had to shave it off last week for. I was doubling two different actors on two different shows, and I had to take it. I had to take it off. Like one had a weird cut, and then the other one was like a little bit grayer. So I had to. I just like when I got home. I was like, okay, I just got to take it all off and start from fresh. That's what we're doing now. Well, speaking from, I don't know if it's really starting from fresh or having to regroup. Uh, and pardon, you know, ladies and gentlemen, boxers, uh, boxing aficionados out there, if I pronounce it wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm from the Italian side, so it's Malinagi to me. Uh, but from from everyone else, Paulie Malinagi. And Conor McGregor, this whole thing, I, I, you and I were talking off air. It's, it's almost like it's as bad as it sounds to me. It's like the gift that keeps on giving. 
Yeah. It just, I mean, it won't stop. Like this is, um, so for those who don't know, it was just a sparring practice. It was just a, a practice thing. He brought, uh, Connor brought Paul in obviously to, to help mimic, uh, um, Roy Jones Jr. Help mimic, uh, <laughs> Mayweather. And he, he got, he got, he knocked him down, you know, which is what happens in practice. I mean, he got knocked down, he overwhelmed him, put him down. Um, uh, Connor is a fresh new, you know, up to speed, up to date fighter, and and Paulie's what been retired three years, four years, a little bit longer, I think, right? And so he just his skills were the skill set is not up to par, and of course he's used to, but he got he got at least the second series of videos that I saw, he didn't really get knocked out where like Connor's like oh I knocked him out, his Connor's camera's like I knocked him out, he got knocked down, which happens in practice all the time. He hit him, he fell down, he got up. It wasn't like he was dazed, went right back after it, but they made a big deal. What's weird to me is that Paulie started going on the the damn talk shows and trying to talk about that's not really what happened. You know, of course, and he's right in what he's saying. It's Connor's camp. So it's Connor's cameras. So it's Connor's guys. They're going to edit and put it out. How are they going to want to edit and put it out? Paul, you signed up for it when you walked in the door. I'm sure you signed some kind of contract. I'm sure you signed some kind of deal. But, man, is this not great fodder. And like I said before, to me, it's the dumbest fight ever put together. I don't understand why the Nevada Athletic Commission signed for this fight. I don't get why they're trying to have a – a professional boxer that's 49 and 0, the best boxer of all time right now because of his record, versus a guy that's never fought professionally boxing in his life. Like, this makes no sense. But, man, are they getting me for every every single tweet, post, interview? And, yes, they're getting me for the pay-per-view. If I can't get my tickets to actually go to the fight, I am absolutely buying this card, and it's the dumbest fight ever. And I am 100% on board. Man, Paulie's making it better. He's absolutely making it even more enjoyable to watch. Uh, who knows what really happened? You know, the, the video shows one thing. Connor's got an opinion. Paul's got an opinion. It doesn't matter because these guys are just talking about it all the time. It is legitimately, Joe, like you said, the gift that keeps on giving. It just won't stop. And it's going to go through. Now that we saw the, the – I'm sure you saw the the, um, the uh, uh, open workout with McGregor, his whole stance and style and what he was doing. Like, literally, I thought – somebody sent me the link I didn't watch it live. They sent me the link, and I was like, oh, this is – it's kind of just messing around. Like, it, it, this really, really isn't the open workout. This is some video that kind of put out saying this is how he boxes. But that was really what he was doing in the open workout. I'm like, this is what he's doing in the open workout. And it's legit. And he's going to try and box like that. He's going to get slashed. I mean, it's, gonna, it's not going to be a fight. This is going to be stupid. I'm hoping he's he's playing a pro wrestling edge gimmick on us. And we're all marks. And we're just grabbing onto it. like Because it, it is the most horrific style I've ever seen in my entire life. And Mayweather will pick it apart within the first round. If that's indeed what he uses. Hopefully it's not. So we can at least get to the third or fourth round. So we have a little bit of hope in there. But, yeah, this is a... The, uh, the poly deal, I don't I don't understand it. It's I don't get it because sparring is sparring. You leave it in the room. You don't, I mean, it doesn't matter. If you beat me up on Thursday and I beat you up on Friday, we don't go to the table and tell everybody about it. We just kind of leave it alone. But, you know, Connor started. He, he, he pulled the first shot by releasing the video. And now, yeah. it's, now it's out. You know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I've said it before. I'm not here to pick sides. I could care less who whatever happens in this whole scenario. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. But it, it's just every time I, I, I look over to my phone, there's something new. There's something else that came out of it, whether it's, you know, Paulie saying something, Connor's peep saying something, Connor slightly saying something, Dana White releasing the video. Uh, you know, it's, it's just like I said, it's a gift that keeps on giving. So I'm having a great time uh, as we lead up to this fight. You did mention Connor McGregor and what he was doing in the open workouts. Uh, I, 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 I don't believe that's how he's going to box because if he does, he's going to be in big, big trouble. But Floyd Mayweather also came out and said, I can't go the distance with this guy. That would be an embarrassment. I have to finish this guy. What do you make of that? Well, it's true. I mean, if he goes 12 rounds with the greatest boxer of all time, all of a sudden now you're like, well, boxing is just stupid. 
Like, this is dumb. Let, let's, let's look at the facts. A man at 20, I don't know. Yes, he fought guys that were past their prime. Yes, he, 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 he stalled. He stalled. He stalled. He held out on a Pacquiao fight. He made the fight go late. He made the De La Hoya fight go late. He made all these other fights go late. Smart. That's what boxing, that's what you do. You pad your record. You build it up. You pick your fights. You can pick your fights. You know you're going to be able to win them. That's what he does. And that's what he did. And he won all 49 of those fights. And this fight will make him 15-0 of all appearances. Look at the other guy on the other side. Is kind of a great MMA fighter. Yes. Is he a two champion, a two champion weight class uh, a champ? Yes. Has he surprised the world? And, and, and did he surprise us when he smashed Aldo so quick? Yes. Is there, is, does he have the ability to, to be a great striker? Yes. Has he fought a great boxer in MMA and knocked him out? No. Has he fought a great striker in MMA and smashed him? No. Is he winning his fights in MMA? Absolutely. Does he have the boxing skill necessary to beat a, a strict boxer? No. This is a boxing fight. He is not going to win a boxing fight. It's the same thing as when people were saying GSP can make the Canadian Olympic team in wrestling. He should go try out for it. Even GSP, he never answered that question because he knew it was a complete falsehood. There's no way he could make it. Our, our, our junior team in America, the junior kid team, the younger kid team, would have blanked him. And, and, you know, and that's how good GSP is at MMA and how amazing he is as a talent. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying in a pure wrestling match, he would have got smashed. Same thing with with. McGregor. This thing is a it's a money grab from both guys. If this goes twelve rounds, it is a complete embarrassment for boxing. Now, Joe, even though we've spent thirty five minutes on it, there are actually other things happening in the world besides Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Uh, we what? didn't get to see <laughs> we didn't get to see uh, Frank talk about it there, but you did speak to him about uh, his feelings on on Matt Hughes as well, who, as we see, has improved. That's great news. Absolutely. Uh, Matt looks good. Uh, we kind of joked that he looked skinny. Uh, obviously, he was in a coma. Uh, he was, uh, you know, bedridden for a while. But he got. they got out. They got some sushi. Him and his best friend, uh, They I, apparently they snuck out and they got some sushi for good for Matt. Uh, Matt did say that he does have a lot left in the tank. <laughs> this guy still wants to fight. Frank made Frank – the way Frank wow. – uh, yeah, the the way Frank verbalized it was classic. Because um, they actually they, they actually get along now, which is good. Uh, obviously, they let bygones be bygones. But he said that fool got hit by a train and he's alive. Like, <laughs> come on, man! So we should all be happy. And I I made it clear. I said, listen, there's going to come a point in time when Matt pulls out of this, uh, gets back to normal, and they, they welcome him back to a UFC event. Uh, I'll be the first one in tears and just clapping my hands on the couch. I mean, yeah. this this guy is, is something else. And uh, Matt was, for the most part, super cool to me uh, back in the day, even before um, the UFC days. Uh, we were with UCC and TKO. Uh, he actually ref for us in Hawaii when we had the UCC fighters against the Super Bowl fighters. So Matt's a cool cat, and he's a no BS cat. So good for Matt. Um, still looks weird being that skinny, but it's, you know, with atrophy and stuff like that, it, it happens, but yes. he should be, I, I can't wait for him to get back to normal, and, you know, we'll see where it goes, but, you know, Frank and I talk every so often via, via text, and just, you know, what have you heard about Matt, and blah, 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 so it's great news, fantastic news, looking forward to seeing Matt uh, make a full recovery, uh, get his ass to a UFC event so we can cheer him on, and just, not, not to fight, though, I, I don't want to see him fight, but just to be in the crowd and get a standing ovation, for sure. Yeah, uh, despite what, I mean, there are a lot of people who don't think the best of, of Matt. I mean, his. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. His book didn't paint him in the most positive of lights if you ever read the the honestly hilarious Sean McCorkle review of it, but nobody wants to see anybody get hit by a train. Yeah. And I hope that he makes a full recovery, and I hope we see him back involved in some capacity. Uh, I just got the news. I saw that that James Lynch tweeted this out, that Takeo Mizugaki has his first fight outside of the UFC in ACB. Now, why I think this is interesting is I want to do a little trivia here. Mizugaki has fought, let's see... 34 times and has fought for over a dozen years. How many different promotions do you think he's fought for? I'm going to say this would be his fourth. This will be his fifth. Oh, which is okay. Incredibly impressive that a guy, because you know, on the regional circuits, you take fights wherever you can go. Yeah. He had like 10 fights in Shudo, he had five in GCM, five in WEC, and the rest have been in the UFC. That's, that's a pretty solid. Uh, Pretty solid career there, but one Frank Mir isn't going to be fighting in the UFC for quite a while if he ever does again. Are you surprised with the fact that he's going to be signing with Bellator? No. Does the vintage, old-school, traditionalist Sean Rossap act somewhat surprised with this news, or no? No, not at all. Not at all, and I will watch Fedor versus Frank Mir, too. I will watch that fight. I will love to watch that fight. You know, there are some of those that I'm like, oh, nah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. But your boy watched Kimbo versus Dada, so you're not going to – my moral high ground isn't that high. I watched it. I laughed in, like, almost nervous laughter throughout the whole thing. But I, I mean, remember I- being ice fishing for that fight, and we had Cable in the cottage, and Spike was – like, the bottom of the screen had Kimbo versus Dada all day in white font – all kinds that we were watching because Spike has crazy programming. It's absolutely yes. like hilarious cops or whatever it is that they show. But every single show had this little thing at the bottom promoting it. And I remember watching it that evening. Uh, I, I, I will confess, I don't think I was sober mostly because we're with the boys. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what am I watching here? My goodness. But yeah, it, they, they put on fights that, you know, some are kind of skeptical. But I'll watch Mir versus Fedor. Uh, I'll watch Mir versus a bunch of people in Bellator. Why not? Yes, I will too. They've got some interesting names, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them having like that. I just wish they would set up, uh, pardon my French, a goddamn heavyweight championship already. Set it I, up. I don't care. Why it. not? Matt Mitrione, um, Augusto Sakai, Minikov, maybe. Ayala, Czech Congo, Bobby Lashley, Karatanov. They're just chill. Justin Wren. Like, they're just chilling there. Tyrell Fortune is a good emerging name. Roy Nelson's there. So there are people that they can put them up against. Uh, my boy Alex Huddleston hasn't fought in a while, but I, I like him a lot too. There are guys there 
that you gotta you gotta you gotta promote them. Also, uh, shout out to my dude Ben Sargent. He fights this Friday on the Bellator show um, that they're doing. Bellator also running a show the weekend of McGregor Mayweather. I'm getting a ton of interviews for that. Um, some better than others. We'll hear from Georgie Karakanyan next week, who is always entertaining. But and I, and I want to tie this into some other news. I spoke to Kate Jackson today. She was on last year's Ultimate Fighter. And she said, you know, she fought Joanna and then had Joanna coaching against her. She did okay in the tournament, but now she's fighting at 125. She's like eight and two. Yeah. And she had said before, she's like, yeah, you know, the Ultimate Fighter is the kind of thing I only want to go through once. And I asked her, I was like, why didn't you try out for this season? She's like, I don't know. Didn't really, just didn't really want to. Because she probably could have gotten on again and contended for a title. Not easy, man. Being on tough is not easy. I mean, some of the stuff that when I spoke to some of the guys and girls over the years, uh-uh, bro, uh-uh. They got Chidi and Jaquani fighting next weekend. We'll preview the event next week, too, because we're not going to spend an hour and a half talking McGregor Mayweather, but I wonder if he's going to be able to make weight. He's had some issues with that. He's fighting Andre Koreshkov, uh, and if Jaquani wins that fight, he'd probably be in line for a, for a title shot down the line as well. They They put together a decent show, but... When you have the names that you have on that Bellator roster, and this is no disrespect to Koreshkov or Injikawani because they're both really good fighters, that shouldn't headline a show. A standout name should headline a show. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Titan FC uh, is going down this Friday night. So uh, yours truly will be leaving tomorrow for the South Florida. Yep, leaving for South Florida tomorrow. Uh, Joining my broadcast partner and UFC welterweight contender uh, continues to move up the rankings, um, Kamara Usman. So should be fun. Should should, be interesting. you You should film your Holy Smoke segment there. I could. Oh, you mean the uh, the the video? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I will have to figure my my editing software on the on my Mac laptop is not as powerful as the video software I have on this computer here. So uh, ah, it might hell. get it might not be as good. But we're we're not that stuff. great of a production here. Like on Jimmy Van doesn't think enough of you to have Nigel producing the show like he does on Wednesdays. So I mean, just stand there with your phone, sit there and I talk will. to him. Just make sure you film horizontal. And we'll run it straight up. I mean, it's... Oh, does that ever drive me nuts when people when people record flat up like this? Ooh. Guys, crazy. I saw an article that's like, that, like, condoned it. They're like, well, phones are vertical. More people are watching it vertically. A lot of websites have adapted. I'm like, no, you go to hell. You don't, <laughs> you don't do that. Stop it. There's nothing more that I hate oh, than I going onto, onto Reddit and going onto Justice Served or Justice Porn, which is... Basically, doses of karma, people trying to steal shit and then getting hit, and then seeing people film vertically. Ooh, it makes me so mad. It's so stupid. And I've, I've, I, I stop my wife, my family, friends. I'm like, why? Your TV on your wall is horizontal. Mm-hmm. If you put this video on your TV ever one day in the future, you're going to have this much real estate as opposed to the real estate you should have. Yep. Okay. Uh, one of my videos, for those that don't know, is, is um, I deal with a lot of amateur sports. And obviously, I've got a high-end camera, Sony Handycam, uh, to my, my left here. But if for whatever reason I want to get a different look, I bust out my iPhone because they record in HD. But you'll never see me like this. You'll always see me like this. 
and that quality yeah. of that footage is fantastic. There's no there's no audio required. It's just highlights of players in action. But I mean, I when I first started one of my businesses, I would always tell the parents, if you ever have a highlight that you want to submit that's high quality, send it to me. I would say 95, maybe 99 percent of them were of the iPhone quality vertical. I'm like, not using it, gonna make your kid look <laughs> dumb. Not gonna happen. Well, well, no, well. No, I can't fix it in editing. Sorry, I told you before. So, yeah, I hear you. Go ahead. Ole Sammy Ole says, didn't the Bellator heavyweight champion run off to Russia four years ago and never come back? Well, okay, so he last defended his title in April 2014, but he's fought and won six times since then, including a win over Bigfoot Silva, a win over Peter Graham, and it's all down to money. And, I mean, it it ain't just him, you guys. Cole Conrad walked away from the sport undefeated, and said, yeah, I can't do this. I can't do this yep. anymore. And Be- Bellator has had a real problem with that in the past in paying their unknown guys. Like, that's just been an issue, and they've had a, ch- had a major issue with champions just walking away. And that doesn't bode well. When your champions are not only just willing to walk away, but willing to walk away and, like, not even to UFC. Like, to Wall Street, to Europe. To 1FC, whatever the hell it's called now. That doesn't bode well. But I think that th- their card next week is honestly, it's not bad. You got Fernando Gonzalez, Brennan Ward, AJ McKee's on the show. Um, Henry Corrales and uh, Lahad are on the show. Chris Honeycutt's fighting. Kate Jackson, Colleen Schneider. It's decent. They got way too many fights. There are like 14 fights on that thing, but you, and you don't need that. Kevin Casey's on the card. Uh, there are some good fights, but... Why not? Why not somebody else? Why not a Paul Daly? Why not an MVP? I mean, I'm, I know they're probably tied up or something, but why? Not? I mean, they couldn't even find a Pitbull brother to throw on this thing. You know, <laughs> I, you, I stood quiet. I stayed quiet, waiting for you to bring it up. You know, they're in dire straits when you don't have a Pitbull brother to throw on the damn thing. At least Tiago Alves. You remember how the old Anderson brothers were? Like Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson? That's how the, the, the Pitbull brothers are going to be. Like, they're just going to start adding ones that aren't really related. <laughs> Speaking of uh, professional wrestling, um, obviously the sad news regarding Ric Flair, who, yeah. who, anyone who knows me, my two favorite professional wrestlers of all time will always be 1 and 1A, one Ric Flair uh, and Roddy Piper. Uh, what's the latest with Ric Flair? Ric Flair, as, as Jimmy Van uh, broke the news yesterday uh, on Fightful.com, he was hospitalized for uh, an infection, a bacterial infection, and had to undergo surgery. And apparently he underwent successful surgery, but he's not out of the woods yet, and his family is uh, by his side, and it's, it's looking promising. It's, or it's, I'll say this, the family is a little more optimistic but they're cautiously optimistic, so yeah. that yeah. is a concern I would love as to well. Repeat the stories that Jim Ross told Chael Sonnen and I about Ric Flair, okay. uh, and there were numerous stories of Ric Flair. And to say that this guy is beyond a legend <laughs> outside of the profession, this guy lived it, man. This guy lived it, probably still does. Uh, but let me tell you the some of the stuff that Jim Ross told Chael and I. <laughs> Jesus, it was ridiculous. Uh, I, I almost, for those that don't know, every so often, Sean and I will just send each other uh, random messages that make no sense in, 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 <laughs> in the everyday life. I almost got upset with my son, and I don't know how. I don't know if it was me watching a woo video or something like yeah. that, because 
for those that for, okay, I'm, I'm kind of stupid in a way. When I'm in a really good mood, or you know, I work really hard at something, and whether it's a, whether it's a deal or something that I saw a while ago, I'm like, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get this, and once I get it, I get, I, I'll, I'll play a Ric Flair video. I'm like, this is how I feel right now. Woo, woo, woo. Go through those. My son, one day, it must have been a Saturday, for like four hours straight, Sean. Woo. Woo! Everything he was doing, he'd score a goal in soccer. Woo! He'd do good at Super Mario Kart. Woo! He'd finish his lunch. Woo! And I was like, oh my god, this has got to stop. And then it's like, wait a second, that's you, dummy. He's replicating. <laughs> He's being you. Shut up and leave him alone. So yeah, that was my that was a uh, oh, one of those recent things. But yeah, I'm hoping that that Flair pulls through. Definitely hoping things pull through. Hey guys, if you haven't visited Fightful.com, do that. We have forums, photos, videos, uh, news, results, exclusive interviews from MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling. Carlos Toro's boxing newsletter that drops Thursday morning is great. You get results, rankings, retrospectives, uh, news, analysis from him. He'll be joining us hopefully after the McGregor-Mayweather fight. Uh, Also over on our forum, some of the topics... That are on there, just fun to talk about. We got Ric Flair, Adam Cole to NXT, Shield at SummerSlam. And you can head over there to our WWE section if you register at Fightful.com. Uh, we're giving away a Ric Flair Defining Moments action figure based on predictions for SummerSlam. So get your picks in. We're going to be running contests all the time over there. And of course, FightfulPods.com that houses all of our podcasts, including our archived ones with Elias Theodoru, Sean Pearson, Patrick Cote, Reed Kuhn. Uh, Shane Helms, Matt Riddle, Vince Russo, all kinds of personalities over there, and many of them timeless because Showdown Joe and I get them to talk about stories that just don't age. Uh, Lots of stuff over at Fightful.com, as well as uh, the members-only podcast I did last week with David Bixenspan, where we talked the Hulk Hogan Gawker story that he covered unlike anybody else. The Scenic City Invitational. We talked about our time at an old website. That's a thing that you all actually requested that I do on these members-only shows that explain how things worked, why I went there, why I left. So David was with me at a couple of those, and we talked about one of them. So head over to Fightful.com, and if there's something you guys don't see there and you want, go over to the forums and let us know, and we'll do our best to make it happen. Jimmy Van has a great tech team that handles all this stuff. We have new visual changes. The website is beautiful. The world is beautiful, Joe. Jimmy Van is beautiful. Yeah, he's all right. I love Jimmy. I Jimmy's like him. The, Jimmy's the man. Jimmy's the man. I love Jimmy. He's just he's just got his shit together. Yeah, and he makes me laugh. I was he, I was treated very well in Toronto. That made an that that trip made an everlasting impression on me. See, the the, the, the worst thing in my life would be to hang out with Jimmy a bit more in person because that guy's always just challenging me to stuff and i'm like dude i'm the wrong guy to challenge because i will win and you when you look at jimmy and say i will win his eyes light up like "Ooh, what's gonna <laughs> happen here i'm gonna get joe blah blah and he he put some a pretty large monetary figure uh on a challenge that he thinks i would have no shot uh at winning I, we, we can't get into it because it potentially there's there's kids that could be listening to oh, this no <laughs> i'm the wrong guy to, to try and challenge with that and but he knows more than than what i know but i'm the wrong guy uh to challenge in certain scenarios but it is what it is what, what uh, i yeah, what i said like about the, jimmy van is you can tell what kind of person they are in his position based on the people they hire and he's got he's got a good team oh yeah he, he just loves positivity if you are an asshole at that workplace see ya no yeah. time for 
doesn't matter about your productivity. You can, you are, you're not going to be a cancer uh, at, at that workplace. So good, good on Jimmy. Good on his partners uh, or partner. So yeah, good, good for him. What's up? What, what do we got? Tino Ortiz coming back? Yeah, I want, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because I wanted to stay with the Bellator situation. What is what is up with this guy? I don't get it, man. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I mean, I mean, fight unless, if you want, but damn, man. The the only reason I could think of of. The only reasons that I could think of fighters at this stage of Tito's career wanting to continue to compete is, A, obviously the competition. They love to compete. Okay, They love to fight. Um, the guy just had neck surgery, though. Like, How many more surgeries do you need to realize you should stop fighting? The other thing is potentially, quote-unquote, an easy payday. Right. If he's talking to Chael Sonnen and he wants to fight Chael Sonnen and he's already beaten him fairly easily the first time, why not get a six-figure paycheck, Sean Ross Sapp? Oh, yeah. If he can do it, why not? And I love that Chael Sonnen just completely ignores and no-sells the loss and acts like he broke Tito's neck. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> and, I mean, your boy has neck issues, too, and I'll never be the same. And I'm not near, uh, near the Tito Ortiz level of athleticism. But I'm just like, man, if you want to fight, just fight, dude. Like, you don't have to retire all the damn time. Bang on. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got a giant ego, though. Like, he may have the biggest ego in MMA history, too. It's Honestly, up there. Sean, I'm thinking in terms of... Yeah, listen, he can be bang on. Uh, I think the vast majority of people believe that Tito has a big ego. I, I know him on a personal side. Um, I don't even think it's ego. I think he just doesn't get how he comes across sometimes. Does that, does that make sense? And it never matters when he comes out to the cage because he always gets this crazy cheer. Like, I can't remember the last time that people, like, within MMA viewed him as the baby face. It's been a long, long, long time. Maybe when he beat Bader, that was a great moment. That was a great reaction. That was, in my opinion, an underrated all-time moment in the UFC was him after all those losses, doing the, the grave digger thing. Like, yeah, well, he, he, him and I got into a little bit of a verbal scrap over that one. Really? You know, you what, yeah, because not not a negative one. I I was just like, you know, he he'd call me his little Canadian bitch. I'm like, you're an American bitch. God. Oh yeah, yeah. We would just go at each other, uh, dude. That guy there, he framed me with um, with Jenna Jameson one time, and I was like, you. Oh, I had to stick up for him. Let's just put it that way. It was good. It was fun. Uh, it was a running joke between uh, a bunch of us, not just us three. But anyways, during the interview leading up to that fight with um, uh, Ryan Bader, one of the questions I asked him specifically was, you do realize that there are people that think you're done and you've got no shot in defeating this young buck, this young lion in Ryan Bader, and this is the last time – we're going to see you. I wasn't able to finish my question, and he, his body language. I love when I used to interview fighters because I would challenge them, and his body language, Sean, would change. It changed in the chair, and he looked me dead in the eye, and he just showed, just basically framed it and verbalized it in a way where there was nothing anyone could do to beat him that night. He defeats Ryan Bader. Uh, I, I mean, uh, you're supposed to be impartial when you're watching fights, but having spent so much time with Tito, I was very, very happy for him. He did a bunch of post-fight interviews. I don't, I don't know if one was with Ariel uh, or whatnot, and he said, I had to prove to Showdown Joe that he was wrong. What? 
<laughs> I was wrong. What are you talking about? Him with like you're the only one. I feel yeah, like maybe like, he does I never live said in that you're bubble. Going to lose. I never said you're going to lose the fight. I'm saying people are saying blah, blah, blah. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. blah. I was like, Tito, let's go have beers. Let's go have a drink. You're an idiot. I Sorry. do feel like um, he does live in a bubble and only thinks that that was the situation. Like, you may have been the only person saying that, though. I do believe that. Um, here's a fun fact. Since November of 2013, I believe it is. Yeah, November of 2013, George St. Pierre and Cain Velazquez had the same number of wins. George St. Pierre says that if he beats Michael Bisping, he is contractually obligated to defend his championship. You don't seem to think that's going to happen, Joe. If it's Robert Whitaker, he'll do it. I think he'll do it. If it ends up being Yoel Romero, I don't think he'll do it. If it ends up being Luke Rockhold, maybe. If it ends up being Chris Weidman, he won't do it because they're friends. You know what? I, I look at that and I think that Rockhold's the toughest fight out of all three for him, but I think a lot of Whitaker. I think that, honestly, I look at that last performance, I see Romero as maybe his easiest after the way that I've seen him deal with range and a jab. And that's what GSP has. He'll have speed, he'll have jab, he'll, he may have the wrestling to negate. Romero, I don't know at this point because I don't, I haven't seen him fight in four years. But yeah, I don't think George is afraid of any one of those guys, and I definitely don't think he's afraid of Romero. But uh, in comparison to the other three, and I know you're saying George's style may be better against a guy like Romero, but the risks in taking brutal damage, in my opinion, would come from the fight versus Romero. With Whitaker, with Whitaker, George can be cerebral. He could play the game where he's convincing Robert that he's in a striking match and then go for the takedown. The same thing with Rockhold, who's bigger, uh, but George will be faster. He'll look smaller, but he'll be faster. With Romero, uh, the lull you to sleep and the jumping knee crushing your cranium probably would have Faraz Hobby and George St. Pierre saying, ah, it's not worth the risk. The Chris Weidman thing, I mean, they've trained together with John Danaher and Henzo Gracie's many, many times. Uh, I, I, they're friends, um, you know, unless the money's big and the, and the money for George is big. Uh, but the other fight that even and I, I, to this day, I don't know if George would take it still. Um, you know, if Anderson Silva defeats Kelvin Gasolum uh, and he puts himself into the title picture with that super fight, if George St. Pierre defeats Michael Bisping, to this day, I don't know if George would still take it because once you're once George thinks you're a cheater. He may never want to fight you again. Yeah. Yeah. Vinny brought up a good point. Whitaker defended takedowns with one leg. Yeah, I, th- I honestly thought his performance was one of the best in uh, one of the best and gutsiest that I've ever seen in MMA, having one leg and being able to do what he did and come back the way that he did. Yeah, but to, to Vinny's point, just to play devil's advocate, and I think Vinny's bang on because the way Whitaker beat both Jacare. Uh, got up from Jacare and, and, and the way he fought Romero and defend those takedowns, totally get it. But each one of the fighters are different in terms of their takedowns. Um, look at what Damian Maya did to everybody but Tyron Woodley. George St. Pierre has a different type of takedown uh, than the Olympic wrestler of, of Yoel Romero and the, and the world champion jiu-jitsu fighter um, in Jacare. George brings a different 
aspect and technique to the takedown that has often confused many fighters. I mean, Frank Mears always said it best when he did when he broke down Frank, when he broke down GSP's fights is George will lull you into thinking you're in a striking fight before you know yeah. it, you're on your ass. George will think you're doing ground and pound. Uh, I mean, how many times did Nick Diaz give up his back in that fight? And George was like, I am not putting in the hooks. Hell no, because that Stockton crazy dude will reverse me and I'll be in big trouble. The hooks will not go in. I am just going to ground and pound each minute here until the round comes to an end. If I get the TKO, fine, but I am not putting in double hooks in Nick Diaz because his jiu-jitsu is sick and he'll be able to get out and then I'll be on my back. I completely agree. I completely agree. Do you think that Daniel Cormier ever fights John Jones again? At heavyweight, absolutely. Now DC did make a good point. He made a good point when he said no one in the division can compare to him. He has to win a few more fights, and then him and John will fight again. I don't know if they're going to fight at light heavyweight, Sean. I really don't think so. I would love to see them fight at heavyweight. I really would, and I was very happy to hear that Daniel Cormier was going to continue fighting. Because this is the first time we've seen Daniel Cormier finished. Now, if he gets finished another time or two... Like, right after this, and then right after that, maybe? That's something that I'd be like, okay, that that triggered something, and now it's your time to go. But I think that he has a bright future as a broadcaster. He has another 15 years in him doing that, probably. He'll probably do it to his mid-50s if he wants to. Uh, He has a great future as a podcaster. He has a great future as an analyst. But he's, you know, he's sitting there and he's looking at the the situation and he has already said the UFC has given me options at light heavyweight and heavyweight. Shout outs to the UFC for doing that. That's the right thing to do. Look at this guy, know his worth, know that he's 38 years old, but know that at 38 years old, that ain't the worst thing in in the UFC's heavyweight division. No, no. I'd love to see him go back to heavyweight. Uh, I'd like to see, I mean, there's a lot of things I would like to see happen between those two divisions uh, because there could be some fluctuation there uh, that would give Stipe Miocic some some eye-raising scenarios, right? Or eyebrow-raising scenarios. I know Francis Ngannou still has to get past Junior Dos Santos, uh, and if he does, uh, we will not be talking about Daniel Cormier. I'll no, tell you that right now. We'll we be talking not, about but, oh boy. I mean, you look up and down that that list. Overeem never fought Cormier. Verdum never fought Cormier. JDS never fought him. And Ganu never did. Mark Hunt never did. Then those are the five names, in my opinion, like that so many of them are in a carousel and they've all fought each other and it's been this way for so long. And and you've seen it all like it's we we've seen it all happen. Really, one of the few that that pops into my mind that they haven't done yet is Cain Velasquez and Overeem, and I'm sure that if I'm sure that that will happen eventually. But Cormier has fresh matchups all over the place. There. Let um, me ask you a question. Yeah. Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. Who wins that fight? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Oh. I mean, I do think that Stipe Miocic, and it's weird to say because. He just won the title last year. I think he's one of the best heavyweights there ever has been. And I can say that because he's tied the record. He's the, one of the most successful heavyweights there ever been. And if he, you know, you look at his slate and it's like five in a row. Dos Santos, Overeem, Verdum, Arlovsky, Hunt. Damn, man. And, and four of those, four of those came in performance or fight of the nights. And the other one 
was a fifth round TKO. So, part B to my question, because Miocic versus Cormier would be an absolutely sick fight. And mm-hmm. neither one of us can say Miocic will win or Cormier would win. But I, on running on the hypothetical train, if Cormier becomes the world champion, the UFC world champion at heavyweight, does it in convincing fashion? I know it's a crazy what-if stupid scenario. I'm just throwing this out there. He defeats Stipe Miocic in convincing fashion where a rematch isn't something the UFC would be entertaining with. You don't think DC gets on the microphone and says, hey, John Jones, you want this belt? Come get it. Oh, of course he does. Now, the situation, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because we're in the situation with him that we've always been in. He doesn't want to get in Cain Velasquez's way. I would, I would much rather, much rather see Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier than against Cain Velasquez because I'm not convinced that Cain Velasquez would fight within 18 months after that, win or lose. That's the situation the, we're at now. Yeah. Daniel Cormier has at the very least been active. Uh, the, he's fought every single year since '09, and usually multiple times a year. We're, we're talking like two or three times a year usually. Yeah. Um, it, it honestly breaks my heart every time you say that about Cain Velasquez, but you're right. That's what sucks, right? The fact that your analogy is correct with Cain Velasquez that you know we don't know when he's going to fight again. We th- Naturally, we think as mixed martial arts fans and pundits and media that he's going to fight. Three months later, he's going to fight again, or four months later, he's going to fight again. Past track record trajectory says otherwise. It sucks, but you know we'll see what happens. Yeah, and... Like, like I said, my concern is Cain Velazquez showing up, fighting, and then fighting afterwards. Because, I mean, look at... Here's a good example. Dominic Cruz. Fought injuries. Before that, he fought all the time. And he had to have his title stripped. And he won the title. Then he defended and lost the title. And then since then... No, I'm not fighting anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's saying he's got to heal his feet up. I'm like, all right, well, okay. Now, he's he's been more active than Cain Velasquez, too, which is yeah, funny to think. Like, that Cain Velasquez and Dominic Cruz have, like, the same number of fights in, like, the last, I think, four years. Four years or so. I think since 2013, Cain Velasquez and Dominic Cruz have the same number of fights, and that's weird. That shouldn't happen. It's a concern for me, and unfortunately, that has been the blockade that keeps Daniel Cormier away from contending for that title, that heavyweight title, all along. Yeah, I'm going to see... I'm gonna, uh, Okay, so I want to just kind of segue back to Bellator if we have one second here, because I'm thinking to myself, all these names that are moving over to Bellator, uh, I can't help but think Rashad Evans after losing four straight with the UFC, may need to revitalize his brand and his career and potentially go over uh, to Bellator. There's a 50% chance, maybe more, that I'm going to run into him uh, while I'm in South Florida, especially at Titan. He's come to a few Titan events. Obviously, I'm going to have a conversation with uh, Kamaru uh, Usman regarding Rashad Evans and and what happened and stuff like that. I may run into Henry Hooft, but I don't know, guys, on on the actual live chat, Sean, yourself, as the co-host of the Holy Smokes podcast, you tell me. Rashad Evans to Bellator. Yay or nay? Um, I would like that. I would. Uh, somebody, Ninja Pirate, says people shit on Kane for his injuries, but he sacrificed his body for the sport. No, 
I think he sacrificed his body for himself and his wallet, and there's nothing wrong with that. But don't act, don't tell me that he like did it for some greater good of MMA. The one fight that maybe that were the case was the Dos Santos fight, the first one. He went in hurt, but that's it. Like it hasn't been that same injury all along. Rashad Evans, yeah, why not? You mean to tell me he couldn't pick up wins over like? Well, here's the thing with them. They would resign. They, you know what they would do. They would. They would resign. do Chael again. They would do Tito again. What about Rashad versus Vanderlei? Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, Joe. That's not the one they do. They would resign <laughs> Rampage. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they would do that. One of the all-time biggest disappointing fights forever. You had a season of Rashad Evans saying on Tough, "I'm going to buy you a snuggie because I'm going to put you to sleep." Boy, he put some people to sleep. All right. And unfortunately, that was during a rough period for MMA, I thought. That helped. That was. I thought that that launched a really, like, snoozer period for UFC fights. Like, you saw that cage stall horse shit just every single week on UFC fights over and over and over. You can't do that while I'm sipping coffee. Well, I did. And it was bad. It yeah, was it's, bad. It's... I'll go. I'll say it again and again. There's something. I mean, the, the whole thing with Rashad Evans, in my opinion, and I don't know if it has to do with the Machida fight, uh, but ever since then, uh, I know he did well against Tito. He was aggressive versus Tito, um, but there's been this period for Rashad Evans where he just cannot pull the trigger. He refuses to. You know, he will engage, but when there's ten seconds, not. I shouldn't. It's on the surface level. When there's 10 seconds left in the round, Rashad will engage. He's no longer fearful of getting hurt or getting damaged. But th- in my opinion, uh, I know it is age and you know maybe his prime has passed him. I think he's still a fantastic fighter who's explosive. You know, I mean, I, I go back to that Dan Kelly fight uh, and Rashad's most recent fight, like with Sam Alvey. Dude, if you decide to switch gears on these peeps, they're going to sleep. Hey, you, you want me to be honest? I give him fifty-fifty odds against King Mo. Maybe, maybe, maybe forty-five, fifty-five King Mo, but I think he stands a fine. Ch- I mean, King Mo couldn't finish an overweight rampage, so I'm supposed to believe he can finish an in-shape Rashad Evans. And given the the judging landscape, who knows who gets the decision there? Boy, that would be a snoozer too. The occasional overhand right and a lot of pressing up against the cage. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. I mean, I'm trying not to agree with you when it comes to Rashad, but you put a Rashad versus King Mola wall fight. <sighs> yeah, I, I can see exactly where you're going. Uh, you, you would need, I mean, you, Rashad Evans would have to channel his Mirko Krokop, inner Mirko Krokop, to do what he did to um, uh, King Mo. When I was there live, when I called that fight for Ryzen, I mean that that was something else, because King Mo knew, oh boy, I got to get this fight down on the ground. Didn't choose chose pretty much not to, and so yeah, look at Ole Samuel Ole Rashad versus Woodley. Yeah, it's my nightmare. <laughs> it's my nightmare. Somebody says that Daniel oh, Hour said that he's smaller than when he competed at heavyweight, and he can't get back at that weight. He still said that he was evaluating his options across across those. Anything else that we have today, Joe? 
that's the. I mean, we talked about the Frank Mir news, so that's pretty much uh, at the top of my mind right now. Will he actually go? Uh, to Bellator, the answer is yes. I mean, we're just waiting for the announcement. We'll see. But other than that, from my perspective, uh, a busy day for yours truly tomorrow. We've got lots of work to do. I'll try and get an article in uh, tomorrow before I board my flight uh, to Florida. Of course, I will endeavor to do a video, some sort of video with Kamara Usman. Uh, it may be later in the evening, ladies and gentlemen, only because by the time we get to the weigh-ins uh, and by the time the Florida Commission actually decides to get stuff going, it might not be till 8, 9 o'clock at night. So the video that I would submit to Fightful may not be to later at night, unless Camaro can get his ass through that crazy Florida traffic. Doesn't matter where you go in South Florida, where you live, uh, it's like LA or Toronto. It's going to take you an hour to get there, or an hour and a half to get there, depending on if it's raining or if it's too sunny. So uh, we'll, we'll try and get something done with Camaro. Uh, in terms of Friday, there will be no fun bets article. But we'll see Sean Rossap, uh, Jimmy Van and I will come up with something stupid for me to write about to get myself in more trouble uh, on Fightful and FightfulMMA.com. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, there will be no post show on Saturday because there's no event for us to discuss that's UFC related. But we got WWE NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, myself, Alex Pawlowski, Anna Bauer covering that post show on Saturday. Then Sunday, WWE SummerSlam. Then we started all over Monday, the craziest week maybe ever at Fightful.com. Monday, post-Raw, right after SummerSlam. Tuesday, myself and Joe with Holy Smokes, where we're going to break down the fight. It's going to be we're all angles, that one. Uh, Tuesday evening, SmackDown coverage. Wednesday, list in your boy. And then August 26th, Mayweather versus McGregor. I, I'm sure that at some point Carlos will do a boxing podcast right in between that I'll probably have to be on, but Fightful.com, it's a place to be. Head over to those forums. Join the contest, you guys. Have some fun. <laughs> Look at these guys on the live chat. Me versus Dana White. Showdown Joe would win easy. And then Ole Samuele. No, no, sorry. Uh, Le Comite. I bet you Joe can take down Woodley. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are terrible. I'll tell you this, guys. Um, I, I had to. So Tuesdays in general are my cardio. Tuesday and Thursdays are my cardio days. And I woke up today. I, I don't want to jog. I don't want to go on the stationary bike. I don't want to ride my bike. I, I can't get downstairs because we're redoing the basement. So I can't use the banana Muay Thai bag. I can't use my ground and pound dummy. I said, oh, you know what I haven't done in a while? The boss rootin' workouts, whether it's boxing, MMA, or Muay Thai. I did the Muay Thai workout about two hours before uh, we came on air here. I forgot how awesome those workouts are. If you guys have never done them before, you want to break a sweat, do that. And I forgot how sore and how just – I was like, damn, feeling my age today. But definitely bringing those down to Florida. That will be my, court, my cardio when I'm down to Florida, mixing in the weights as well. But uh, no, I can't take down Teron Woodley. No chance. I can try, but I doubt it. I can. Guys, <laughs> until next time, my friends, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. 
American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.